Cheers. That was a good clink. Well, welcome back, everyone. Last episode, we mentioned that we will be talking about Lilith, uh, because Lilith was the first vampire, which um, Lilith definitely deserves her own episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she does. So we're going to talk about her uh, today, but it's not just going to be her history and origins. We're kind of going to... We're going to go into what she represents and also the magic of her, um, Black Moon Lilith astrology. There's also uh, the mark of Lilith in palm mystery. Yeah. I'm excited to get to all of that. Yeah. So <laughs> it's going to be super exciting. And before we get started, we have our pull of the day. I'm using this beautiful, lovely deck. Um it's the Desert Illuminations Tarot by Lindsay D. Williams, and she's an incredible artist. I heard about this actually through this, I first saw this deck through one of my sort of mentors, Sabrina Scott. She mentioned it a long time ago, and I'm from New Mexico, and the artist is actually from Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, and so the whole deck is like really... Southwestern themed, There's and so I love many it. Colors, I love it. Exactly, it's it's so bright. I'm gonna flip it so you can see it. But we got the moon and the king of pentacles, which in this deck is the king of cactus, <laughs> which I love. And the king is an alien, of course. <laughs> and of course, like the the moon has wolves and yeah, just very um, bright colors. I love it. So what are your first thoughts when you see this? I'm just, I'm looking at the alien and I just, yeah, I like, don't, don't even know what else to think about it. I'm just like, this guy looks so cool. Yeah, he does. He seems like a, a distinguished gentleman. In fact, have you ever seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? No, I haven't. It's okay. So it's really good. And there's this scene <laughs> where they like go into the future and, and they meet future humans and they dress in these like really futuristic outfits. <laughs> and that's what this dude reminds me of. Um, but yeah, so the moon and king of cactus, that's... So I think that's those are two great cards, like right off the back. I mean... The moon is all about intuition, the unknown, the the deep depths of the subconscious, diving deep into ourselves, doing the shadow work, digging into our own magic, and then coming up above the surface to kind of like praise about it, you know, of like you went through all of that inner self-work. Is there any feminine relation to the moon in the tarot deck? Oh, Yeah. Um, the moon is deeply feminine, and I think the moon card is associated with the sign of cancer, if I'm not mistaken, but it, it's a very watery sign, so I think any sort of water sign will really resonate with it. Um, and the moon, it, it is very feminine. Uh, women have always been kind of compared to the, the metaphor of moon and lunar cycles and uh, ebbing and flowing with water as well, with the uh, ocean and everything. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's like women's sort of realm of rulership. Um, and the moon is just, to me, it's a beautiful card because it just kind of shows that you're in your natural 
I mean, I know this is a hot word right now, but divine feminine, Mm -hmm. like you're in your divine feminine, you're soaking it in and you're willing to go deep and learn about yourself and your spirit and the, the magic of life, but you haven't lost yourself, especially since both of these cards are upright. It shows that like you haven't lost yourself in the chaos of mm. the psyche and um in the in the metaphysics of the, the world. Mm. So it's a beautiful card. And this King of Cactus, he looks too cool for school. Oh, totally. <laughs> too school <laughs> too cool for school. <laughs> He's like radiating different yeah. colors. Yeah. What does this all mean? I mean, when we break it down, like what we think about when we think about cactus or pentacles is it's ruled by earth, the earth element. So it's grounded. It's confident, but it's like that sort of quiet confidence and that quiet knowing of just like, you know who you are, you're secure in who you are and in your environment. And you're a really powerful manifester because you're just so in tune with all the, the physical world things. Um, And on top of that, to make it the king, so in tarot we have page, knight, queen, and king. Mm -hmm. I kind of see it as like this evolution of the page, you know, as young. They're on their journey of of that element. They're on their journey of what it means to embody that earth element. And the king is now totally mastered it Mm -hmm. at that point. Um, So I think it's an awesome card. Thank you. Yeah, they you always do. teach me so much. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Let's talk about Lilith. Yeah. And I'm going to take some pictures of these and post it on the <laughs> Instagram so you guys can see it too. It's too beautiful of a deck not to share with oh, the world. Yes. Actually, I'll just keep it in the middle. Okay. Yeah. So Lilith. So she came up in my research when we were talking about vampires Um, I grew up in a very Christian household. And so as soon as I started reading a little bit of her story, um, it just, it shook everything that I've just been taught growing up. Um, because she kept coming up in these stories as Adam's first wife and, you know, but then she has, you know, other names like your mother of demons and the first vampire and everything. But it was the story of Adam and Eve that every person who grew up in that same kind of religious Christian household, um, they know that story like the back of their hand. Right. But it was really, I wouldn't say disturbing. It was just so eye opening to hear about this and almost like, um, Almost like I had like an identity crisis. Right. If that, I think that makes sense of just like everything. I mean, and this is just my, my, um, my journey and exploration with religious, spiritual, you know, all that kind of stuff where it's so important to always be learning and always be, you know, just kind of stretching like what your previous beliefs are and just kind of like asking questions and, getting feedback and talking to other people who don't believe in those same things. And, um, but it just, it was so, it was just amazing, but also scary at the same time to come across her story because it just, I felt like there was like this huge hole of, we didn't get the entire story. Like I didn't get the entire story, like while growing up. Um, whereas, you know, the story of Adam and Eve where Eve, 
you know, it's very subservient, um, very much the ideal partner for Adam and all that kind of stuff. And it's very focused towards the male and what the male needs and not what what the female needs. Um, And so it's, yeah, she's, I mean, and Paloma had me, you know, get the, uh, the book of Lilith, which we'll put a link, um, in the bio as well, but she's like, okay, you got to read all about Lilith. Like now that you're exposed to the story and, um, it's just, it's rocked my world. So yeah, that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely relate growing up Christian and you are told the narrative of like what Adam's role is, um, as a man, and what masculinity, because he, you know, he's the first man. And so in Christianity, you're kind of taught that that is the ideal um, image mm-hmm. of of what human men should be. And Eve was taken from his yes, rib. exactly. Versus reading a Lilith story, they were both made from the earth together. Yeah. And there's this, this not idea, but it's, it's plain plain view this is um equality this is we are on the same level we are both from the same earth we are both from the same substance and adam wasn't happy with having that equality and god wasn't happy with it either because and correct me if i'm wrong but there's a section in the book the book of lilith where talking about how god created like not like a servant but I guess like a servant, right? Yeah. Where he cared more about Adam's um, yeah. experience and Adam's life and Adam's feelings and wanted him to feel more superior and more whatever. And so you have this separation between Adam and Lilith who are no longer equals. She's what pretty much cast out. Yeah. And Eve is created to be exactly what Lilith was not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Eve is like the counterpart really to Lilith, but you know, when, when we are taught in Christianity and and not saying that this is everyone's experience, but my experience was, is like Adam is the, I mean, although they, they were the first sinners, you know, they Mm -hmm. ate the apple. And so there's a lot of shame built Mm -hmm. into that. It was kind of also the sense of Adam was the closest thing to purity that mm-hmm. we will get as a human race. And Eve was the closest thing to feminine purity, mm-hmm. which was impure because she was the one who convinced Adam to eat the apple, mm-hmm. blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So it's like you feel this inherent shame as a woman of like, is my true nature to be subservient? Mm-hmm. Is that really what I'm built up to be. And every time I go against that, is that me going against nature and against God, you know? And so there's a lot of shame. And so to hear about Lilith was completely earth shattering Mm -hmm. for me when I first heard about her, because it was like, what do you mean we're equal and we both have desires of independence? You know, that means that it's both of our like God-given right mm-hmm. to have a desire of, of freedom and free will and to not be subservient. And it, it's unfortunate because from my understanding, the Catholic Church was 
there's so there's been so many books over the years, mm-hmm. but the Catholic Church, when they were deciding which books were going to be included in the Bible, they didn't include a lot of the books um, that were kind of uh, cataloged up and and so the Jews have kept good records of it, and I'm part of my like background, I guess, is is being. My dad's Christian, but our family is like kind of Jewish on his side. So he holds to a lot of traditions. Um, And he, on his own studies, is always talking about these books that are included in the Bible Mm -hmm. too, even though he's still Christian, but he kind of, on his own journey, has been researching books and whatnot. But I remember when I finally read about Lilith, for me, how I even found out about her to begin with is I was getting into astrology and I was looking up my moon sign and each moon sign is associated with a different like god or goddess. And so I read that my moon is in Scorpio, which is associated with the goddess Lilith. And I never heard about her before. So I decided to research her and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this feels like my life. <laughs> I like personified through this story. So then I just grew obsessed. But I think she really shows, like, every woman can relate to her mm-hmm. story. Yep. And the Book of Lilith, um, it goes into, and we were talking about this earlier, where um, off podcast we were talking about it. But yeah. Um, so don't worry, people <laughs> didn't miss anything. It's not actually in the podcast. But uh, we were talking about the extremes, right? So Lilith and Eve can still very much complement each other very well um, and how you need to kind of have like a little bit of both in life to, you know, what it takes to be in a partnership, a relationship, you know, whatever that may look like, but then also to still have that freedom and have your own independence and that creativity and um, honestly, sexual freedom, which everyone deserves and is worthy of. And it, as you said, they're God-given right and how especially growing up in the church, there's so much shame that is around that, that it's, um, it's actually, it, it just flat out sucks. So you, as a, as a girl growing up, um, becoming a woman and you're in this environment, first of all, never even hearing of Lilith. So never even having these like strong women, um, characters to really look like, look to, you know, for guidance, for mentorship, for, for anything, you just have just like their little side stories and they're just, or I mean, in that case, what you're talking about, like the Jewish texts or they're completely just like, um, removed from the Bible. And this is a huge religious document that so many people have based their beliefs off of in their entire lives. And it's just, and I know there's a lot of people in my family who would be like, Again, they would not want to even have this conversation with me, right. but it's just, I'm really glad that I'm doing this research now in my life because it's, you know, Christianity is not the only religion out there. And there's so many other people and cultures that have been around for so much longer. And if we're not studying these things, if we're not, you know, doing, if we're not digging and, and doing that work and um, keeping our minds open, then I just, I don't want to live that life. You know, like I just, I don't know. I There's agree. more to life than just focusing on the one 
that one thing. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. And some people aren't ready to have those conversations, like what you were saying about, like, if you were to try to talk to some of your family about it, they just, they're not in the right heart space or head space to hold those conversations. And, and it, it's kind of sad because you want to talk about these things who, you know, with your family and have these conversations. And it's really hard because, yeah, I know that if I were to talk to my dad about it, he just wouldn't um, have the the heart for it. And it, it's really sad because Eve, um, there's this, I think it's talked about in this other book, which is another great book. Okay. Um, I'll that to the list. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, there will never be enough books. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> um, it's this great book called Witches, Feminist Sluts by Kristen Solier. Um, and she just kind of talks about, you know, the history of really misogyny um, in the world. You know, where does it come from? And a lot of it does come from Christianity, the the early days of it when they were trying to eradicate um, power in different villages that the women who were mages, you know, the the really wise ones, they were now labeled with the term witch, we're now seeing as opposing God. Mm-hmm. And then you have this narrative that Eve was the one who technically tempted Adam. Mm-hmm. So the original sin is woman itself, femininity itself. And um, I liked what you brought up earlier of how Lilith and Eve can complement each other. You don't have to be one or the other. You don't have to just be Eve, you know, mm-hmm. subservient. And you don't have to just be completely Lilith because as we find out while reading the book of Lilith is is that she has her baggage too. She's not perfect mm-hmm. either. Um, and she's traumatized, mm-hmm. you know, Um and I forget if the book mentions it, but there's some arguments out there that Lilith was the the serpent in the Garden of Eden was not actually the devil, but it was Lilith trying to warn Eve of how bad Adam was yep. and was going to treat her. Like, don't don't yeah. make the same mistake that I did. Exactly. Like, get out of here as so soon as you not, can. <laughs> yeah. And so when we look at it in that context, we realize like, oh, Lilith and Eve aren't enemies. Mm-hmm. They, they actually, they're not, they're not, um, yeah, they're not counterpoints to each other, that they actually are kind of parallel. They're like the, like, yeah, they're just like different sides of the coin of one another. But also that represents how women, other females, I mean, honestly, just, um, everyone should be looking out for everyone, I would think, but like, especially women looking out for other women, um, it's not a competition. It's not any of that. It's more of like, I care about you and I don't want you to be going yeah. down that same road. And so if anything, that's just like a, a beautiful sisterhood. Absolutely. That's just been completely distorted and just ruined. But Abs- yeah. yeah. And and when we think about it, like when we think about like, why was Adam so adamant about um, having someone be subservient to him? And it really just came down to ego. Mm-hmm. And like he didn't need someone to do these things. Mm-hmm. It was it was more of a like a part of his own ego that desired it. Mm-hmm. Um and when we break down why Lilith left in the first place is um for those of you who haven't heard her story, but she was the first wife of Adam. 
They were both created equally, and Adam was really frustrated and wanted a wife that would submit to him, and um, she kind of rejected that notion, and she said, why would I do that if we're created equally? Mm-hmm. Like, why can't you submit to me, yep. you know? Yep. what? Why is it that I have to do this to you? And so... Adam kind of threw a tantrum at God until God kind of gave in, <laughs> yeah. is what it sounds like yep. to me. And so um, Adam did try to assault her, mm-hmm. and I think I think he did end up assaulting her. And she just refused to ever be put in that position ever again. And so she left the garden willingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some stories kind of changed the narrative there. Like some places say that she was cast out of Eden. Mm-hmm. But the, a lot of the sources that I've read said that she willingly left herself mm-hmm. knowing that she was leaving Eden to go into the wilderness yep. where the land was barren, where there was nothing. Um, and she said that I'd rather be alone mm-hmm. than have to put up with this. Yep. So like she feels safer in the wilderness than with Adam. Yeah. And that says a lot. Definitely. Yeah. And, and then it's sad because then you continue hearing her story and reading about it and that she was condemned by God, that God was so mad that she left Eden and left Adam that he punished her every day. And, um, and so I think that's really, really unfortunate. Mm -hmm. And then she started I imagine she started to feel kind of resentful towards God and bitter of like, if if you're really God, why would you do this to me? And I think a lot of women and people can kind of feel that now where they see so many awful things happen being like, if there is a God, why does he allow this stuff to happen to good people who don't deserve it? Yep. And especially all the, you know, all the domestic violence and all those things where it's just, we just, for whatever reason, still can't seem to figure it out of everybody involved in that relationship they all deserve that respect and the space and time to just be themselves wholly but then you should find somebody that compliments you and who doesn't want to just bring you down or make you something else just to like lift themselves up and um I think there was also some stories that talked about how like the angels were trying to like bring her back and trying to convince her and all this kind of stuff. And just, she's just, no, like I need to get away from this. And, and I think that just goes to show how it's tough because there's a lot of times where people find themselves in those kind of relationships and they don't have, they they aren't aware or they don't have the strength to walk away because there's a lot that could be riding on that decision. Um, and so it's really, you know, you may start out a relationship, um, feeling very like that, um, like when you're single, you're like, you're out, you're like just feeling yourself, you're, you're living your best Lilith life, right. Where, um, (laughs) you, you had that sexual freedom and you had that prowess and, um, and then, you know, you find yourself in a relationship where maybe you go a little bit more towards like your Eve, um, where you, you kind of settle down, maybe you start a family, you know, what have you. Um, but it's just, it's trying to find that balance of how can you just still have both? How can you, um, tap into one or the other? And, um, I know there's like different rituals and stuff too, that I remember reading about of, um, and this might take it like a completely different way, but like how Lilith is seen when like childbirth is present, um, 
And, and maybe you can talk more about this because I got a little bummed out by how that narrative was around Lilith and children. Um, because then that's when you start getting a lot more into like the demons and the vampires and all that stuff. So yeah, maybe you can kind of shed a little bit better of a light around that one and why people would think that she's terrible when it comes to like being around children and childbirth and wanting to harm women and children. Right. Well, I think it's really complicated because when we look at the mythologies of any sort of story of any god or goddess or mythical creature, um, we have this sort of disconnect of their origin stories. So we know Lilith's origin story. And then there's a disconnect of like, how does she manifest now? And I think oftentimes the way that she's portrayed as being like really malevolent and being just really bad, I think is a reflection of the people who are writing her story. So they couldn't necessarily change her origin, but they could kind of frame and change how she's perceived now to fit their agenda, you know? Because that's the thing too is about like the, the, the Bible and any sort of like the Iliad Mm -hmm. is that they're all written by humans. Mm -hmm. And so that was something that I remember being in the church and asking my dad about of, well, these books were written by humans. Mm -hmm. Does that not mostly? Yeah. Yeah. Does that not mean that they can have their own biases and and, and imperfect narratives too? And he would always just kind of write it off of like, no, like they've been blessed by God to put it in the book or whatever. Not, not realizing that again, Bible was curated books Mm -hmm. by certain high profile people Mm -hmm. who wanted to fit a certain narrative. So Mm -hmm. certain popes or, or different rulers had agendas of how the stories were written. That's why we have the Bible in so many different versions Mm -hmm. with different wordings that kind of changed the tone of how they're written. Um, which also means that it gets lost in translation too. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really hard. And that's part of, I think the beauty of Lilith is that people really try to pin down this narrative Mm -hmm. of her, you know, of her motives of why she's so evil and bad, but that's still the magic of her that even these people who had biases and were trying to like really paint her out to be really horrible, they still can't even illustrate the mystery Mm-hmm. of who she really is because they don't get it mm-hmm. they, why would they get it they never were in that position yeah. how how could they even accurately depict her story if they've never been in that position yep so i think that is her kind of magic that she's mm-hmm. carrying on yeah i think she's a goddess that i'm not gonna forget <laughs> yeah his her story is so motivational I guess. I think maybe that's the word I'm, I'm trying to think of, um, where it's just, yeah, how can I be more like her and how can I focus on those strengths and those that, um, you know, individualism and, and really just not be afraid of that feminine power and that feminine sexuality and how can it not be a bad thing because I'm still having to work through so much trauma um, growing up in the, the, like in the church and, you know, other things that unfortunately, um, women and, and also men, but, you know, we all have our, our experiences with, with different things. Um, but it's, you know, this is something that I've, I've 
dedicated, I've already made my new year's resolution of just like, how can I be more like connected with my body? How can I be, um, like, how can I harness this, this energy? And, and so it was perfect, like that her story came up at this, at this point, because it's just very much like, no, like you are allowed to be that messy, beautiful, kind of just like, not crazy, but like that wild, like feminine, just, yeah, you can tap into that and there's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely. And to, I think even to go farther, to even think that we could escape that is not possible. Like even if we totally rejected the idea of Lilith and her, her message, even if we decided like, I don't want to be, you know, sexually out there, Mm -hmm. um, that I want to be like, I, I just want to be really pure, mm-hmm. you know, if, even if we were to be obsessed with the, this idea of purity and reject, like, all of Lilith's, like, primitive sexuality, her rage, her, all of these, to even think that we could escape that is so arrogant of mm-hmm. us. Because, yeah, we talk about Eve being the first woman, but still Lilith was the first mm-hmm. woman. Yep. And even though now she's seen as... Um, the mother of demons, you know, the first witch, she's still human. Mm -hmm. Like she was still also the first human. So we still have that magical bloodline within us too. Mm -hmm. So we can never escape her even if we wanted to. So it's like, how can we make peace with it? Mm -hmm. You know, because her story was hard and I can't imagine wanting to live her life. It was a hard life doesn't mean that she necessarily wants us to live that life either. So sometimes I think about kind of like when we think about families or ancestors who had it really hard and had hardships, Mm -hmm. how we honor them is not living their life. How we honor them is, is healing Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff too. So I think about the sexuality aspect of it as well. And, you know, she was seen as a succubus. She was seen as all these things, but we never ask like, well, what was the character of these guys that she was sucking the life out of? Like, who knows? (laughs) They could have been, like, really, like, adulterous. They could have been abusive. And that she was kind of trying to seek justice for those women. Like, you don't know. Yeah. And and it really depends on your narrative. And um, to go back to the part, like, we can't escape her is that we all have Lilith in our chart. Mm -hmm. Everybody has Lilith in their chart. Mm -hmm. Just like we all have Venus in our chart somewhere, just like the sun. <laughs> she exists somewhere in yeah. all of us, so we can't escape it. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about your chart then. Let's talk about our chart. Our chart. Well, your chart first and my chart. All right. So <laughs> let's get into this. Um, to go more into like the, the, the magical side of how we can incorporate uh, her story into our magical practices... There's a couple things that I wanted to go over, and one of them is um, the astrological part. So there is Black Moon Lilith in our charts, and um, I just wanted to give like more of a solid definition because technically, when you when you go into looking up your birth chart, there's a lot of different asteroids. So there is going to be the asteroid Lilith, but there's also Black Moon Lilith. Um, and probably a couple other ones, the dark moon Lilith as well. So I wanted to create that distinction um, because the asteroid Lilith, and I'm on the School of Evolutionary Astrology's 
forum, which is a really excellent branch of astrology. Um, but I just wanted to give some definition that the asteroid Lilith is a real asteroid, in quote, I'm quoting, um, it is the only Lilith that is an actual verifiable physical body um, in the main asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. So this is an actual like celestial body. And then we have the black moon Lilith, which is known as like the true mean Lilith. Um, and that is the mathematical point of alignment of the moon's orbit. So this isn't a celestial body. This is more of just like an angle aspect of the moon. So when we think of the moon, we have the side that is illuminated from the sun, but mm -hmm. we also have a part that's not illuminated from the sun. Okay. And so we can, it shows us kind of our shadow sides. Okay. So to give a little bit of definition, um, to what does the black moon Lilith mean in our chart then? Um, well, let's see. I pulled up a quote and I believe this is from... Let's see, symbolscholar.com. So Black Moon Lilith depicts the primitive impulses of a person on their darkest side, which might include repressed sexuality. Mm. It is a norm-defying taboo. I'm going to, they didn't say taboo, but I'm going to. Okay, throw gonna, that in there. Yeah, I'm going to insert that word <laughs> because I think taboo is a really good way mm -hmm. to describe it. Mm -hmm. Um it is a norm-defying or rebellious part of a person where they are more sensual, vulnerable, emotional, and unwilling to expose that side easily. Mm. So when we think about Lilith's story of just how much she really had to go through, mm -hmm. she's raw. She's volatile. Mm -hmm. um, I forget if the book mentions it, but in mythology, it said that her Lilith's mom was the moon. Mm. Um and I think her dad was the sun. And so the sun and the moon would always fight each other, fighting over power. So she has both that fiery and that like that mysterious shadow side mm -hmm. all existing at once. So it can create this very volatile energy within mm -hmm. her. Um, and that's why she's known as being like a really fiery entity. So um, when we look at our chart, we... We have our charts pulled up. We mm -hmm. decided to look at it. Um, we have a black moon Lilith um, in all of our charts. And mine is in Scorpio. So, which I think is funny because my moon is in Scorpio, which is like <laughs> the symbol of Lilith. And then I also have my Lilith in Scorpio. So <laughs> it's just really intense. You are Lilith. <laughs> <laughs> well, so... Before we go into the astrology part, I guess, I, I kind of talked about how I first got to know Lilith, but at one point I was in a really abusive relationship and um, I remember thinking like, I need to get free, but I just don't know how to. I'd already been in this relationship for a couple years and so, you know as more time goes on in abusive relationships, it, it gets harder. Mm -hmm. Like statistically, it's just harder the longer you are with somebody. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to get out. Mm -hmm. um, so I was in this abusive relationship and I didn't really know how to get out because it felt like years of my life was already down the drain. Mm -hmm. And so much of our life were intertwined. You know, when you're living together with somebody, when you just rely on somebody a lot, it's hard um, to break away when it's unhealthy and when it's harmful. And so I remember 
during this relationship, that's when I really started getting into my witchy sort of side and studying the occult and metaphysical and not really with any intention to do anything with it, but just kind of um, just having a deep fascination. And when I would research Lilith, I'd feel really empowered. And so I remember I was desperate to make this relationship work. And I thought that it was always something wrong with me. Like, oh, if I only did this, then he would treat me better. Or mm-hmm. if I talked less or if I was less, um, you know, less of a target. Like mm-hmm. if I if I didn't do things that would make him angry, then maybe um, it, it, all this chaos would stop. And... I remember I like cried out one day and I was, it was kind of like a cry for God. But Mm -hmm. for me, I was like, Lilith, please (laughs) help me in this relationship. Like Mm -hmm. I just want it to work out and I don't know what to do to make the chaos end. Mm -hmm. And so I lit this candle um, and it like exploded. (gasps) The candle exploded? (laughs) And it almost caught the room on fire. (gasps) Oh my gosh. It like almost caught the the curtains on fire. And I immediately like ran into the bathroom to get a cup of water to burn it out. And I was just like, what? Oh my God. Okay. She didn't like that. If that's not a sign, I don't know what it is. I know. Right. (laughs) And, um, but I was still kind of delusional. I was like, maybe that meant it worked. Like, maybe she's going to help me. Mm-hmm. And then, was it like a couple days later, something happened where I just had this click where I was like, it's never going to change. Mm-hmm. It's never going to get better. And if I don't leave now, I'm going to be in this forever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, you know, deep into my old age, just like battered and beaten mm-hmm. from life. Like, I can't do this. Yeah. Something clicked in me and I broke up with him. I like got all of his stuff out. I just cut it off there. And it wasn't until years later that I kind of was like, oh, (laughs) she didn't want this to work out with us. She wanted me to have the power to walk away. She's like, no, how dare you ask that from me? No, No, this is not going to (laughs) be. And that's exactly like, I remember the way that you just phrased it was exactly like what came to my mind when I really put it together is how dare you? Mm -hmm. How dare you give away your power like Mm -hmm. that to somebody? How dare you? Um, do this, you know, and it's, and it's not like it was my fault that I was in the relationship, you know, abusers and narcissists do target really vulnerable yeah. people. Yeah. And with my upbringing, it, it just was like, I was just an easy target, yeah. you know, I was easy prey, um, which isn't my fault, but she you were brought of, up to be Eve. Yes. Not Lilith. Exactly. Yeah. And so she <clears throat> kind of was like, how dare you do this to yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of a wake up call of like, do not ever let yourself do this Mm -hmm. again. Do not ever let somebody hold that much power over you, that much control over you. And it was, it was a really big deal for me. So now I, years later, I get this book, Book of Lilith. Mm -hmm. I read about it and I read more about her story, like even more in depth because up until that point, I would just kind of read astrology forms Mm -hmm. of like what she represents and hear a little bit about like her mythology story. And then reading this book of, like, the psychology of Lilith, yeah. you know, of, like, the true meaning in culture and in ourselves of what Lilith represents, I was like, oh, <laughs> that's, like, my story. <laughs> and so it, it really resonated with me. So I read the book, and I think there's a story in this book where a woman 
one of her clients is like having this dream of a dagger, like a house burning mm-hmm. down and mm-hmm. the dagger. And hearing the story of like the serpent of how she she was the serpent in in Eden. Um I drew this design of this dagger and a snake coiled around it. And then um I would make art with it. Like I made a whole bunch of Lilith paintings and art because I really identified with her story. And then I ended up getting it as a back tattoo. And it was like one of my first major tattoos. It was like one of my first tattoos ever. It was this huge back tattoo that I have of like this snake (laughs) coiled around a dagger. And it was kind of, for me, a symbolic reminder to never um, allow myself to give myself give my power away yeah yeah so thanks for sharing that story yeah hmm. yeah it's, it's kind of a hard one but I think that's like why we all relate to it as women is that we all kind of have it doesn't have to just be a partner but it's just kind of an instance where we felt totally powerless yep. and um controlled yep. and um it's like this moment where you have to break away and run away and it, and it totally shifts how you view the world. Mm-hmm. So going back to like all the Scorpio and stuff, like I think it makes sense of like why I have like all these intense Scorpio and Lilith symbols mm-hmm. of just living that life. But so, um, so yeah, you can look up your, your black moon Lilith. And when we think about this idea of what she represents of being repressed sexual energy mm-hmm. and also that repressed, like to bring it back to the the woman who run with wolves, mm-hmm. that repressed sort of like wild woman nature. Mm-hmm. And it's not just only women who have this. I mean, obviously everybody has it, but for um, people in general, it's just kind of like this really deeply suppressed, but wants to be free mm-hmm. that like wants to be unleashed. Yeah. Yep. Um, part of them and when you don't unleash it when you're not channeling it in healthy ways it can come out in really weird things and in evolutionary astrology they talk about um not necessarily to Lilith and I don't want to put words in evolutionary astrology's mouth because it's a very specific branch but from my understanding when you repress certain sides of you it will show up in really weird things so it'll Mm -hmm. show up as fetishes Mm -hmm. that's why certain people have certain fetishes Mm -hmm. is because um their innate desire had like this event that was either traumatic or just like um a desire that wasn't allowed to be expressed Mm -hmm. so then it expresses itself in a very taboo you know closed doors thing Mm -hmm. but then you become obsessed with it and it's kind of this idea of like I think oftentimes like this idea of binging and purging, mm-hmm. like when, when you are, um, keep denying yourself so much, your body's just going to yeah. naturally like kind of go into crazy, yep. like frenzy mode mm-hmm. to get it. Yep. So it's something that I'm just now starting to pay a lot more attention to. And, you know, I, and I mentioned this earlier about feeling connected with my body, where it's like, okay, I don't feel great. Or why am I having these thoughts? Or why, like for me, it's it's all like, I mean, it's not to go into like the fetishes side of it, but I'm very much like that believer of, um, okay, my gut doesn't feel good. My skin doesn't look good. Like just, yeah, like why is my anxiety off the charts? Why, like there's just, it's all about like that balance and how to like 
like, and you were saying earlier, yin and yang and, um, you know, balancing the elements and just, it's not just, oh, that's weird. Like you grew up in a weird situation. Like we need to be able to dive into that a little bit deeper. And that's another reason why I get so sad for people who just dismiss the spiritual world. Religion is one thing. Spirituality is a whole nother thing. Um, and when they dismiss these things, it's almost like they're not respecting their bodies enough to actually find out answers and actually ask questions and, and do the research and just make their life and their overall health and view of life just so much better. And it just like, how can I give that gift to people and have them actually understand that it's like, no, I'm not trying to, you know, turn you into whatever that, you know, like I'm not trying to, um, I'm not cursing you. I'm not whatever. (laughs) Um, but it's just like, I want to help you because there's so many resources out there and this world and this earth is just so full of knowledge. Like, I just, I want everyone to tap into it. Yeah. I think that's like a lovely, (laughs) it really is lovely. It's like a wholesome desire to have on people. Like what's a better wish Mm -hmm. to have onto people's other than for them to feel whole and feel fully expressed and yeah. feel healthy. Like, yep. what is a better desire to have for people? And it is hard. Like, I do see, you know, like I said, my family is still deeply religious. And just to see how many health issues mm-hmm. that they have, too. Or yep. just how many, um, it's like you can just feel how suppressed they are mm-hmm. on a, a really large scale. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember my dad you know, he would take me to his church. And even now to this day, sometimes I'll, I'll go there because, you know, I know it's so important to him. And so I'll, I'll go to his church every now and again for holidays or events and stuff. Um, and just to see a lot of the people who attend it are people in really bad yeah. um, conditions. And sometimes you can't help but wonder if, they were so deeply psychologically suppressed in themselves mm-hmm. that it started manifesting physically into their bodies. I, I honestly, I think that's it because very rarely do I come across people who are so strict in their religious beliefs and they also like look and feel great and, you know, yada, right. yada, yada. You can always just tell. Um, I know this is like really putting it in a box and really stereotyping it, but like the people who are probably like a little bit more active in life or the people who are caring about what they're putting in their bodies, they also probably have a touch of that spiritualism that they do. They have their little rituals, they have their whatever. And it doesn't mean you need to have like an altar in your house and you need to be, you know, going through all those cycles, but it's just, you, you start kind of dabbling in it and it helps you realize, oh, wow, I actually probably shouldn't be living my life this way. Like there's so much more out there and I feel so much better and I don't have to, like, you don't deserve to feel bad all the time. And like it goes with physically, but also mentally. It's just like everyone would just be better off if they just focused on like that connection with their body and their mind. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and then it's not like I'm, I'm saying this entirely that like religion's bad. It's just, like, I know we all need to have, like, a belief system, right? Um, even people who don't have a belief system, that's kind of like a belief system. Um, but it's just we all want to experience things that are bigger than ourselves and, and out there. And um, But it's also, like, just don't – and this goes into – I mean, in, in our next episode, we're going to be talking about um, 
you know, the, the next chapter in Women Who Roam the Wolves, it goes into that always ask questions and always just be curious and always because that's just, I mean, you only have this one life, right? Just get all of it that you can. Just get all the all the knowledge that you can get from it. And just you're the one at the end of the day who has to be in your body and be in your mind and might as well have it be healthy, right? I don't know. That's common sense to me. I mean, totally. Yeah. I think that's like, I think that's really the ideal and, and not to say that these people, you know, like the, the people that I see in my dad's church, of course they want good health and yada, yada. And I know that not everything is spiritually connected. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that every illness or disease that people get is like, oh, it means that there's something spiritually wrong with you. <laughs> like, because I think that leads into spiritual bypassing, which is like blaming the person for mm-hmm. why they're sick. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's a good approach to have, but I just know that sometimes that is the reason. Mm-hmm. Not saying it's every time, but I just noticed that like the way that um, a lot of these folks move is that it's really sluggish mm-hmm. and it's really sh- like ashamed of themselves. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, um, yeah. And it's, it's a lot of self-hatred. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of what it comes down to. And I think that a lot of Christianity just confirms of why people should be mad at themselves, mm-hmm. you know, um, and why they shouldn't like themselves. And not to say that like all Christians are that way, you know, yeah. cause I've met some Christians who are like fairly active mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And, um, but there is just a common theme and yeah. you kind of start to pick up the vibes of like, mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like you're not just, you know, sick because, mm-hmm. you know, something, crazy happen it's like yeah it's almost um there's this tv show that i used to watch called the chilling adventures of sabrina and is it it a cartoon or is it a real person one it's a real person one it was like okay like sabrina the teenage witch yes it was that like remake show on netflix Mm -hmm. so there's this one episode where there's like this demon who's parasitic and was kind of feeding off of um, one of the characters' uncles. Mm -hmm. And their uncle was just getting progressively more bedridden Mm -hmm. and sick Mm -hmm. as the episode, like, went on. And they'd been bedridden for a while. Mm -hmm. But they start to notice that it's actually a demon um, festering in the body. And that's what's kind of, like, sucking the uncle's life source away and Mm -hmm. why he seemingly is sick for no good reason. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of... Um, I think that was a really good metaphor that sometimes our mind, or not necessarily our mind, but sometimes we just have like spiritual baggage mm-hmm. that's clogging up our yep. sort of ish, you know, yep. and not saying again, because I know that like some people just have chronic, you know, yeah. illness or disabilities and... Or they don't have access to the resources that they need, you know, being exactly. born in a certain part of the of the world and not having access to those tools. and Yeah medicine or or even being in those communities but i yeah i think a lot i mean and you're talking about that metaphor and immediately i go to lord of the rings with that scene where i don't know the names oh gosh so many people are going to be disappointed that i don't know the character names um but the king is like possessed right by that evil spirit um and as soon as he's cast out of it he just just ah. goes back to how he was and um it's just and that's i mean it also kind of goes into different practices of just like reiki like energy work too because um 
I think everyone just kind of needs to keep all that kind of stuff aligned and to not, I mean, and for me, like I was really worried the first time I did a Reiki session because I was afraid that I'm like, oh my gosh, like, is there a demon that's going to be like cast Mm. out of my body right now? (laughs) Um, who knows? I I have no idea. Um, and it's always scary to take that first step, but I experienced it and got my husband to do it. And like, there's so many good, I mean, not every modality and not every kind of practice is going to resonate with everybody, but, um, there's certain things that like, just, just treat yourself a little bit, just find that connection with your body, with your mind, with your spirit, whatever that may mean for you. Um, because it's just, I don't know. I just, people are so disconnected. I feel like from a lot of things lately and it just, when you kind of open that door, it's just like a whole new world of possibilities. And, you know, I'm trying to get off of, um, you know, standard like Western medicine. Right. And because of how that affects my body over time and how my body just cannot connect with itself and my brain and my organs and everything. And, um, and so it's just like, okay, how can I balance the two? You know, if I need to take antibiotics, then yeah, like I'll take antibiotics, but how can I also, you know, and you were telling me about a tea that I need to be drinking. Cause I, I get really phlegmy and I, you know, I cough and, um, just, Mother Earth, the Earth itself has so many things that it, it offers us, and I just think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and why not have both? Mm-hmm. You know, if we have all of these resources, of sometimes Western medicine medicine is going to be more helpful mm-hmm. in certain cases, and sometimes the other way around. And when yeah, when there are access to all these different resources, let's use them and not be afraid of mm-hmm. using them. And I yeah. think that goes similarly to what you're talking about with Reiki, yeah. you know, maybe it's not what you need, but maybe it is. And yeah. maybe it could be deeply helping. And, and I think a lot of it just has to do with spiritual hygiene. Mm-hmm. And because it's like, we have to keep up with our physical hygiene. Mm-hmm. We also need to keep up with our spiritual hygiene. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we can just like continuously engage in that practice and, um, I think that's another thing to bring it back to Lilith is that her story kind of shows us the importance of spiritual hygiene in the sense of like, if let's say that it's true that like the, the shadow side of Lilith is that she can be really dangerous mm-hmm. and really volatile and she can lash out at people and be really harmful. It kind of shows us the importance of us needing to heal our traumas. Mm-hmm. You know, if yep. we've been assaulted, sexually mm-hmm. assaulted by somebody and we're holding that trauma if we've been you know wounded by masculine energies in our life if um if if we've been deeply hurt and wounded it's it's our job to also heal that too because when we kind of let it fester it can lead to a lot of either suppression or rage or um just us acting in ways that isn't in alignment with who we are. And yeah. so I think that when Lilith acts out, it's because she's in this trauma state, you know, she's in survival mode. She's yep. just trying to protect herself. Yep. Um. So who can blame her? But I think in my vision of who I notice know Lilith to be, she wants us to heal our mm-hmm. generational trauma because she was the first woman and she wants us to heal the trauma that's been passed down because she's like our ancestor. If, mm-hmm. if we want to take it that way, like we're all connected to her, mm-hmm. um, in in our humanness. Yep, that it's our duty to heal that generational and ancestral trauma too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I know that, and we're talking about birth charts and it's, it's something that comes up so much more, um, for, um, my full-time job. We, whenever we like start an interview because, I work in the wellness industry and so like we I have there's a bunch of people like immediately like you know you find somebody who's like meant to be on our team when you're like hey let's talk about, about astrology really quick like what's your sign and like they light up and they just immediately like yes let's talk about it so um <laughs> and I get bummed out because I'm looking at my birth chart and I have so many like my sun my venus and my saturn are all in pisces and I feel so disconnected from the Pisces. Yeah. Like, and that's how I know that there's, there's some work that I need to get done. Um, I definitely, I, I think to myself that I don't come off as a Pisces. Um, I'm a lot more rigid than I feel like I should be. Which is so hilarious because <laughs> when I think of you, I think of you like having such Piscean energy. Like you're so warm and like intuitive. And, and in see, I don't focus on those ones. So maybe I should focus <laughs> on those ones because my mom's like, you should just be so much more free flowing and you should just, and I'm like, I get stressed out when things yeah. change or things don't go a certain way. And that's not very water-esque I mean, of me. <laughs> it's true. It, but when you think about it, Pisces polarity sign is Virgo. Mm. So um, when we think about our sun sign and when you think about like the signs, they also have their polarity signs. So that's kind of the shadow side yep. that you deal with is like, or, and maybe it's aspecting something too, but perhaps your your shadow side, which is that that Virgo polarity, comes out a lot through your sun, through mm -hmm. your ego, because the sun represents our ego. Mm -hmm. So that 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 polarity, that shadow, is like manifesting through um, through Virgo because it doesn't feel like it's safe enough to express mm -hmm. and shine. That, yeah. that Piscean side, yeah. you know, and it's like self-protection, yeah. you know, especially since Pisces is so um, gentle and I don't want to say fragile, but it's just so um, delicate that it's easy for it to get stepped on, mm -hmm. you know, like a flower. Yeah. And so it's like, when I'm reading that book that you told me to read the, <laughs> um, the one about, um, oh gosh. The empathy, the... Oh, the survival guide? Yeah, yes. for like highly sensitive people. I'm like, yes. yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's like, if you're this flower that's been stomped on so many times, it's easy to like have Virgo, which is, you know, staying alert, mm -hmm. being hyper alert, trying to like cater to everybody else's needs. Mm -hmm. um, it's like a self-protective thing, yeah. you know, where it's like that, that gentle side has been... Um, been made to feel like it's not safe so many times yeah. that it's like you just kind of have to like do that as your front yep you know mm. so I feel like that Pisces is there yeah. you know it's just I gotta kind of uncover it it needs to kind of come out of the little cave of yeah. the, you know, like it's okay it's safe um and I that's a lot of like going back to the energy work and being connected with my body and everything it's just um and I've told this to a, a bunch of people. I'm like, this next year, we're all going to see a different Haley. <laughs> I am determined to, oh I mean, I know each year is going to be like closer and closer and closer, but I'm just so ready to like hit that, that moment where I'm like, yes, like finally I'm taking the time to actually 
focus on what my body needs, what my mind needs. Um, I have these resources. I am very lucky to have you to also kind of like help me through that because it's just, I mean, and we talked about this like in our very first episode where the spiritual realm is huge. And so I'm still very much overwhelmed. Um, but it's really good to get like these little tidbits. I'm just like, okay, that's digestible. Okay. Let's, let's resonate, you know, with that a little bit. So, um, I just appreciate you and your knowledge and your brain. (laughs) I appreciate you. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you and you have such like a softness to it. You know, like, I think that's your tendencies. You tend to like really soften out the edges, you know? I think that's like who you are and like whenever I see you interact with people, it's like you're really good at softening the edges of people (laughs) that are really brash, you know? So I think... But also how can I protect that (laughs) and make it so it's like, this is a safe space. Yeah, exactly. And and like to to sort of allude to the next episode is Mm -hmm. that like there's a way of still being delicate and and youthful and playful Mm -hmm. while also protecting yourself and listening to your intuition and not being naive, you Mm -hmm. know, because that's the thing that I always feel that struggle in me. And that's the thing with Lilith too, for a while and this like opposition of even Lilith is feeling like, well, I don't want to feel bitter. Like I don't want to feel so hardened to the world that I'm like, you know, just numb. So I still want to access that like really soft, side of me but I also don't want her to get trampled on either so it's yep. like how do we protect her yep. so that she can express herself mm-hmm. you know and so that's where I think a lot of um one of my favorite witches and I love to read her books Lori Cabot she's like an amazing witch <laughs> and one of her books I think it's like her her book of enchantments one of the things that she talks about in the chat chapter um is this idea of like protection spells. And she says like, oh, everybody thinks that you need to do a protection spell against someone else harming you. But Mm -hmm. oftentimes it's just, you need to know how to protect yourself from you, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) And so I think protection magic is one of the biggest, most powerful tools that we can do. And I think a lot of times people assume that, oh, love magic is like, or money and success magic Mm -hmm. is what everybody really needs and wants but really i think it's protection magic because there's a lot of wacky energies out there yeah yep yeah and so if you're not protecting yourself it's going to make it really hard for yourself to be able to like express yourself freely Mm -hmm. and like just be yourself when you feel like you're always having to like be aware of all these like really intense or negative or or just like really off-putting energies yep so Black Moon Lilith in astrology. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have another definition of Black Moon Lilith here from astrology.com. And it's from the article, What's My Lilith Sign? And it says, where Lilith lands in your chart reveals facets of your power, inner truth, and clues to necessary shadow work. Um, it's all about trauma, misfortune, and suffering. While dark energy like Lilith can be challenging to navigate, it's actually extremely empowering to understand this in your natal chart and a source of healing and shadow work. Mm. So um, you have your Lilith in Aries, right? So my 
It's in the my eighth house. In eighth Aries. House. Yeah. So what's interesting is we were kind of talking about this, but Aries is ruled by the planet Mars, um, which is the planet, and Mars is the god of war, mm-hmm. um, like uh fighting. It's really it's really fiery mm-hmm. and intense, but it's a necessary energy that we all carry within us. Mm-hmm. Um and your eighth house is ruled by Scorpio, which Scorpio is also ruled by the planet Mars. So it's this very like fiery, intense. Mm-hmm. Um, the eighth house does oftentimes lead to trauma. Mm-hmm. So if you have really heavy eighth house placements, that can mean for people where they've experienced a lot of traumatic events in their life. Mm-hmm. So when you think about like eighth house trauma, um, it's taboo. It's like trying to hide yourself away. Mm-hmm. Um, and you combine that with Aries, which Aries is very like quick, fast, you know? So it's like this feeling of like, okay, well, you want to go fast and express yourself and be blunt, mm-hmm. but then you feel like you can't. So mm-hmm. it's like you're always kidding yourself of like, you're just about to say exactly what you mean. And then you think, oh, no, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. You know, I get in my head about that. Yep. Yeah. Or when you do, you just feel this insane sense of guilt of like, oh, my gosh, I was really myself. I I was like, I just came out too bluntly. And and now like, oh, my gosh, how is this going to impact everybody? Or how's this like, how are people going to feel about me? You know, so it's this. It's like this wanting to let the faucet turn on, but Mm -hmm. always closing it as Mm-mm. soon as it starts to turn on yep. and you want to be fully yourself you want to be fully loud expressive humorous you want to be feisty mm-hmm. you want to really tell people how you feel when they're being mean <laughs> i have dreams about it really? uh, for sure yeah i have a lot of dreams of just lashing out on the people that in my life in my past that i feel like i didn't yeah like i don't know like i just thought that was kind of normal for everybody but it's definitely a sign of um yeah, maybe maybe Haley needs to be like loosening the faucet in real life every once in yeah. a while and not just putting it all inward and having it come out in my dreams because like I'll tell my husband I'm just like I had a dream that I just like just I stabbed out this one guy <laughs> <laughs> like um, I mean I don't know about stabbing but it hasn't gotten that part yet but um, it's just it's always it's it's voice like sometimes it's like physical hit. Um, but most of it is voice of me yeah. getting loud, me taking up space and me actually like taking what's in my brain and putting it out there and finally telling people like, yeah, this is what I've wanted to say to you this entire time. And, yes. Yeah. No, I think that would be super empowering. And I think. I don't know if the world can handle that though. So no. And that's exactly <laughs> like, that's exactly what this is showing you is that like part of the reason why you hold back is because when you did do it in the past, whether mm-hmm. it was your youth. Mm-hmm especially early childhood, Mm -hmm. when you did fully express yourself or fully express like, hey, don't talk to me like that, man. (laughs) Um, Something bad happened. And so it kind of taught you like, okay, well, if I want to avoid bad things happening to me, I just have to like shut it down, Mm -hmm. you know, because every time I do express myself, something bad happens. So then it creates this like mind association, like, okay, something bad is going to happen anytime I fully say what I really want to say, you know, or if I'm fully taking up space Mm -hmm. or if I get angry and it's like this fear of like, oh, well, if I get angry, they're going to get sick and die and I'm going to feel really bad, you know, just regret my decisions. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
That's so spot on. It's scary. Yeah. yeah. Isn't astrology crazy? It's really, it's really crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> so I haven't even read the excerpt, but this is like what it says. <laughs> that was just my own sort of interpretation. But what, what astrology.com says about Lilith and Aries, and these are really brief descriptions. It's like maybe two sentences. So you can't really get a full depth of knowledge. What I'd recommend is getting books on this. Okay. Yeah. You know the, I have my Amazon card just yeah. always up. Oh, I'm like, same. <laughs> same. My husband's like, why did you get this time? Oh my gosh, you already have this entire bookshelf just full of things. I'm like, I'm, I'm like running out of space for all my books. I know. I was having that thought today. I was like, should I just get like all of it on my iPad from now on? Because I'm like, I'm going to get a Kindle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd recommend a book because the other thing about websites is they're not the most credible. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes it's just like an interview, which is good, but I really like books of people who've spent like decades of really mm-hmm. studying this thing, yeah. who's really an expert on this. So yeah. not to discredit astrology.com, but <laughs> but I just, you know, I think reading books is where you're going to really find a lot more yeah. in-depth description. So, yeah. but this is what it says. It says, Lilith and Aries knows how to fight. Your desire to do things first and to do them your own way may be met with opposition by authority figures, which can leave you questioning your ability to lead. When you learn to stop relying on others and follow your instincts, you will experience growth and gain. Whoa. Yeah. That's, yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm definitely like, I have really bad imposter syndrome where I feel like I'm not like, am I actually capable of doing this thing? Because I, yeah, like going back into like, I just get into my head about it and I go through the scenario like it's already happened. Like I'm going back to that trauma and that trigger and everything. So, oh my gosh. It's, yeah, it's intense. And then you said um, it was in your eighth house. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to pull that up. There's nothing else in my eighth, eighth house, just so you know. That's really interesting. Yeah, everything's within my. It's honestly most of the stuff is in my um, second through sixth. How like it's like nothing yeah. on the other side. I kind of like those. That for you, <laughs> that's kind of great. It's really wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> like people look at that they're like oh my gosh what is ha- you're all just right here yeah. just right in this one section so. i mean stelliums are great i personally i i have a, a stellium in my first house and most of my chart is like kind of on one side too mm-hmm. and um i think it's great it's, it's kind of a fun experience to have and oftentimes what that's telling you is like you're really needing to learn those lessons of mm. those signs yeah. or those houses and like maybe the other signs and houses that don't have as much stuff though not that those aren't important or they're not present they're not going to be as big of a deal yeah throughout my life and yeah exactly yep. yeah so these are like your main sorts of things and just a reminder so the 8th house is the house of sexuality transformation, Scorpio, taboo, trauma. Mm-hmm. So um, it's like all, it's very much the taboo social mm-hmm. things. It's also the house of inheritance too. Mm. So sometimes people who have like really strong eighth house placements can get like, let's say a loved one passed and they inherited like this huge, like, I don't know, home money sort of thing. Yeah. So it's like something 
it's also the house of death okay. too because Scorpio is all about death mm-hmm. and so um yeah so that's just kind of eighth house vibe so um where Lilith in the eighth and this is from advancedastrology.com I'm on a different website now <laughs> um for Lilith in the eighth house Lilith in the eighth house suggests that you are familiar with the darker side of life. Mm -hmm. It's something that is, if something is superficial and ignores the rawness of reality, you're not interested. Mm. You're able to notice things other people don't, and you are fascinated by taboos in the occult. Oh. Yeah. You discover. makes sense that I'm here. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And, And just like. Being able to notice things that other people don't, you mm-hmm. know, and that goes back to that intuition of just being able to, and oftentimes people who do have a lot of trauma, they just have to be hyper aware mm-hmm. of, of people and they have to just know how to read people really well yeah. and, um, be able to be, yeah, just like really vigilant. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lilith in eighth house is very sensual placement. People with this placement enjoy being very seductive, <laughs> but they often have issues related to intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, this placement suggests psychological and painful memories that prevent you from letting go and enjoying sex. Mm-hmm. So. Oh my gosh. This yeah. is getting so much deeper than I thought. Yeah. It's like, it's hitting on so many levels and I'm sure we'll continue throughout our episodes kind of touching on traumas and growth and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's scary. Like you, there's so much that can be said of you don't even need to like necessarily have a conversation with somebody like if you get their birth chart in front of you yes it's scary accurate and it's but it's also like bringing us closer together because now you're like you know doing this research you're like oh Haley, like (laughs) what's going on here (laughs) um but no it's just it's so awesome because oh my gosh yeah i i can't wait to just like continue like diving into that and um now that we know the power of Lilith and what she represents and what she can represent in different parts of the birth chart. I think that's just, oh my gosh. It's, it's, it's transforming. We have so much to learn from her. Like it is. Yes. She is a powerful messenger. Mm -hmm. That is the thing. Um, yeah. And like we were talking about, like she's in everyone's chart. So we all have access and all relate to her story and all have, um, can have access to her medicine mm-hmm. that she's trying to share with the world mm-hmm. and people through her story. Yeah. Um, so I, I appreciate Lilith a lot. And I know in some occult spaces, they see Lilith as really being like a diva mm-hmm. and like really hard to work with mm-hmm. as like a deity to work with. Mm-hmm. Um which I can totally see because she has that fiery side of her and yeah. just like no BS sort of attitude. But Um, I think a lot of it just comes from, she is the mother of demons. She's the mother of (laughs) witches, but she's a mother. Hello. Mm -hmm. She cares for humanity. And and I think it's just, she's been through so much that she's just wanting justice. Yeah. 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 Um, so my Lilith is in Scorpio. (laughs) Speaking of Scorpio yet again. (laughs) So mine is in Scorpio in the 10th house. So the 10th house is about, um, like, it's associated with the sign Capricorn, which my son is in Capricorn already. (laughs) So would you look at that? Uh, (laughs) Um, And oftentimes the 10th house is associated with 
like our social status. Mm -hmm. It's associated with like, think of business people, CEOs, people who like to be in positions of authority. Um, Oftentimes they are, are associated with the like... Capricorn is associated with the planet Saturn, which is the the father of the the all the gods and goddesses. Mm. So it's like the father of the zodiac. Um, so it's this masculine authority figure. So these people oftentimes do seek politics mm-hmm. or are associated with um, like just high social statuses, whether it's through business, politics. Um, community just like really being that way okay um so when so and this is back to advancedastrology.com when placed in the 10th house lilith manifests in a way that is visible to the world Mm. you have a raw seductive energy that rarely goes unnoticed your presence is very much infused with the qualities of lilith you have a reputation for being independent mysterious seductive rebellious self-willed um, especially if it's plays close to the midheaven, which it is. <laughs> um, yeah. And so when we think about like the 10th house being our social status, mm-hmm. that's a very like external, like it's on display for the whole world mm-hmm. to see. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes with my Lilith being there, that means that a lot of my sort of shadow work or my stuff that are my shameful skeletons my closet are on display for the whole world Mm. to see and it's up for public scrutiny don't love that yeah so um that's something that i feel still to this day like um and i also have chiron in my 10th house i believe too which is means that i have like a lot of wounds (laughs) about being in the public eye Mm. and the public sphere of things Mm. and that a lot of my wounds just have been to deal with like kind of wanting to run away but have feeling like the like the spotlight's on me Mm -hmm. and that it has a lot to do with my sort of um yeah just like how society views me and how my community views Mm me so um yeah a lot of wounds there and so it the 10th house is also the yeah public reputation but it's also like your career Mm -hmm. that sort of thing Mm -hmm. and then also because capricorn is the father of the zodiac oftentimes it can mean having like really tough father relationships Mm -hmm. so (laughs) so it kind of makes sense of when we talk about like my dad being in the church and having such influence of my father um in my life and just having that disconnect because he lives a very different lifestyle for me Mm -hmm. and i can't talk to him about it um and when we think about like black or lilith black moon lilith in our chart it has a lot to do with that shame and suppression Mm -hmm. so feeling like i'm shamed from my dad Mm -hmm. you know and feeling like i have to suppress who i really actually am and i can't show it in front of him because it's not safe um so it says This placement indicates that one of your parents, often the father, was unavailable to you. Maybe he was there physically, but he did not give you the love and support that you needed. Mm. He might have been domineering, cold, or overly demanding. Um, And it suggests that you have a desire to accomplish really great things in order to prove to this parent that you're worthy of Mm. love. Mm. Um, So 
I definitely relate to that. And I think even so being a musician, that's like what I do is my main thing. And it's really hard being in the public a lot because like newsflash, there's a lot of really unethical people and the music scene isn't free of predators. It's Mm -hmm. not free of people who try to take advantage of others and especially being a woman in a scene that's really male dominated. It's really hard to not get humiliated Mm -hmm. a lot of times. And then when you do feel like you have, you, you finally find like a girl that's like in the scene, oftentimes they have like a lot of that internal misogyny. Mm -hmm. So they end up going against you too because they're trying to fight for their space. And it's kind of that idea of like, well, there can only be one girl here. So, and we all feel it. um, I know that's something that, that, I mean, you've had to deal with that. We've had conversations about that. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, So I've, yeah, it's been really hard. And so trying to prove myself and using success as a way of trying to prove like, oh my gosh, I, I am valuable, you know, but that's not what it's really about. And that's something that I'm finding within myself right now because I've been going to school for music and it's been such an uphill battle. And I just kind of had this wake up moment of like, what am I trying to prove? Mm -hmm. Who am I trying to prove this to really? Because none of these people are ever really going to appreciate me or value me or like me. And I keep trying to prove that I'm worthy of being liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just never going to happen. Yeah. And like your soul doesn't feel good. Like yeah. you're not actually getting anything from it. Like what you need. And and so then it's like, what's the point? Like I'm not feeling good. I don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel happy. So yeah. Yeah. And oftentimes in order to survive in these spaces, you have to become like them. Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing for me that I just... Again, going back to Lilith of like, I didn't want to be bitter to the world. I didn't want to be hardened. I didn't want to be unethical. Yeah. Um, And it's really hard all the time. Like we were talking about this before we even started filming of, you know, getting gigs and just how do you navigate that when, yep. when you don't want to step on other people's toes or you yep. don't want to feel like you are... um taking something that's theirs whereas there's other musicians who have like no problem trying to steal gigs and and it's business but it's also just hard because it's relationships too and it's creativity it's like your personal soul on the plate too so it's it's a really hard thing um so that's a little of my 10th house (laughs) (laughs) well and then it just makes me think too of there's like there's good selfish and there's bad selfish. And I think if you've spent your entire life up to this point thinking self being selfish is a bad thing, it's like, actually, no, like you need to be selfish. Like it is your life and it is the life that you have to live, right? Yeah. Like you're, what you decide to do, who you decide to be around, you know, all that kind of stuff. You're the one who has to deal with it at the end of the day. And so like, and again, goes back to that balance of I've spent my entire life up to this point trying to make people happy and not speaking my truth and not all that kind of stuff. But I need to let myself be selfish, set boundaries, all that kind of stuff. And so then it's just like same for you where it's just like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like, wait, why am I doing this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, 
I'm allowed to do the things that I want to be doing. And I, yeah. I deserve to be happy and to make my soul happy. And yeah, so that's what I want for you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I want that for you too. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so before we move on to the palmistry, I'll just mention Lilith and Scorpio as like the last part of this part. Mm-hmm. Um, so on astrology.com, it says, um, you may have experienced a breach of trust early on from someone who's meant to protect you. You know, again, mm-hmm. this could be a parent figure or it could be a partner mm-hmm. or any of that. Um, this feeling of being violated may stick with you and cause you to close off emotionally or even physically from others. Addressing your fears and putting in the work to uncover past traumas lead to expansive new worlds. So you already have, you know, Black Moon Lilith, which is often um, shows where you have trauma in Mm -hmm. your chart. And then you mix that with Scorpio, which is often a sign of trauma. Mm -hmm. So it's like kind of this double whammy of like just experiencing trauma and learning how not to run away from it, mm-hmm. not, again, this word bitter, because I feel like that is Scorpio's thing. Like when you think about the mascot of Scorpio, it's the scorpion, <laughs> you know? So it has like this stinger yep. and it's like, it's self-protective thing is like, to Like don't sting. get too close to me. Like, yeah. yeah. Yep. So it's like, how do you break that? And, and the scorpion only does that when it's trying, when it's in survival mode. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you like release, like get past that survival mode mentality and mm-hmm. like, not feel, you know, like people are trying to hurt you or, mm-hmm. or bad things are going to happen to you. And going back to that 10th house thing of feeling like when you've had people on public display, mm-hmm. like, um, really hurt you, you become mistrustful of, of people or authority figures. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, how do you learn to protect yourself while not, getting stuck in that loop of like being in survival mode yeah. because it is important to protect yourself. And I feel like part of the reasons how I got in those situations is because I wasn't listening to my intuition. Mm-hmm. I was um, trying really hard to prove my value and worth, which when you put your value and worth in somebody else's hands, you're always going to be disappointed mm-hmm. because you're, you're, um, you're letting them define who you are. Yep. Um, So how can you actually still engage and be creative and playful and, and flamboyant Mm -hmm. and loud while also like doing that in spaces that are safe for you and are meant for you with people who have good intentions? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest part for me. I don't know how to find those spaces yet and I don't know how to, um, like we've had so many conversations about this where it's like, I don't know if like who or what my community is because I've struggled so much with like finding that safe space. Because like, as soon as I'm like a little bit vulnerable or a little bit quirky or a little bit whatever, immediately I start getting like these responses of like, um, okay, a little TMI or, (laughs) oh, that's okay. You're a little bit too nerdy or, oh, you're, you know, like there's always something. And, um, it very quickly like goes back to the whole, Oh, I opened the faucet and Oh, okay. We're going to close it. And, um, and so it's just, Oh my gosh, I, uh, like, I don't want to like get all super emotional on the podcast because it's just going to keep on going Mm -hmm. if I just let it open. But, um, 
it's just so important to like safe space is something that I don't take lightly. And I, and that's why it's always been so hard for me to like build connections, like genuine connections with people, because I, it's like a two way street where I'm like, okay, if I'm going to be vulnerable with this person, like I expect them to be vulnerable with me. And, um, and so it's just, yeah, that, that just really resonates with me. And it's always just been a struggle. And if, you know, to whoever's listening, like you also deserve to have a safe space and you deserve to have your community and find those people that you can really be yourself with. And, um, and so that's another wish that I have for the world, I guess. I have a lot of wishes for the world, <laughs> I guess, today. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, I, I want that for everybody. And I, just because I struggle with it myself, that's how I know how important it is for everybody else. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's such a beautiful and wholesome like desire to have for the world. <laughs> That's also probably the Pisces-ness of yeah. the, the softening of the, yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. it's like, here you are talking about something that's really hurt you and still having good intentions. And that's a really hard thing mm-hmm. to have. Yeah. Everyone would just be better, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, there's so much hatred and so much cold, um, so much judgment so much all this stuff in the world where I'm just like gosh we just need to like you know if someone is having a bad day road rage or whatever like my first thing is like whoa what's going on here you know like what is you know like what kind of space are you in you know what how (laughs) how could you get it just well wow you got to work on that so um it's and I've learned this you know my entire life and like being in customer service and everything like that. Right. Where you get exposed to so many different kind of people oh, and God, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's, that's a whole thing. So, um, but it's, how can you, and I'm obviously still working on this, but like, how do you not take it personally? And how do you know that it's just, it's where they're coming from? You know, they could have had whatever kind of day they could be going through like all these crazy things in life. And in this moment where you are in a, like, interacting with this person, um, like, how do you not like let that just blow everything up? And so it's just kind of like, okay, I understand you're really mad, but also yeah. it's not really my fault. And so like, it's, so it's just like how to navigate that. I just want the world to just be a better, more respectful and understanding place. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of like the goal. And I think when we think about how do we do that with ourselves? Cause mm-hmm. I think we all know that at this point, it all just starts with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's really the only thing that we ever have control over. Yeah. And so it starts within and it goes into that cycle and of of just like when I do something, when I change the culture in myself, mm-hmm. it changes the culture with my immediate friends and family. Mm-hmm. And then that can influence, maybe not change their culture, mm-hmm. but it can at least set a tone of like, this is who you're going to be. Mm-hmm. And it can create space of like, oh, I can be this way too. And then it changes. It does slowly change. And I feel like we always feel like what we do is not significant enough. And and not that you owe anybody to be, you know, gracious to them when they really wronged you. Mm. And you don't have to because sometimes, again, this goes back to the self-protective thing. Like sometimes people do genuinely deserve to be told like, no, Mm -hmm. you don't have access to me anymore. You Mm -hmm. cannot talk to me that way. And just because you're feeling bad and you have your own baggage does not mean that you can spew it on onto me or, or hurt me because you're hurting. Yep. Um, so, which is the healthy boundaries that I am (laughs) 
working on. <laughs> totally. I feel you. I feel like I'm finally just now starting to get into a place where I'm like actually identifying what is okay and like mm-hmm. what's not going to fly. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it takes a long time, especially when we go back to this idea of like with our like our moon Lilith, our black moon Lilith of mm-hmm. this idea of like self-rejection mm-hmm. because we felt rejected, yep. you know, by the outer world. And now we experience it in the inner world. It's like it starts with us, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah. Taking care of ourselves. And I think to kind of like wrap it back to, again, Lilith of like her message is that she wants us to not have to deal with what she had to deal with. Yeah. You know, she wants us to have a better life. Mm-hmm. Um, and how we honor her is diving deep into that shadow work, yeah. you know, and being honest and I think the cards that we pulled today was really great because the moon just going deep Mm -hmm. into ourselves Mm -hmm. of all the like really overwhelming oceans and waters and depths of ourselves and all the really crazy creatures that we never knew existed, Mm -hmm. you know, in our own internal ocean and still finding that groundedness in it. Um, And I think a lot of it just has to do with self-acceptance, you know? Yep. I also just realized that there's a scorpion on the the moon card. Oh my God, that is so true. That is so hilarious because (laughs) the moon card usually, it's a a lobster or like a a crustacean of some sort. And like typical like rider weight, like if you were to pull it up over here, it'd Mm -hmm. be a lobster. The fact that it's a Scorpio is so cool (laughs) and so relevant right now. I love that. Like how synchronistic It's also very New Mexico. Oh yeah, yeah, but it totally. just it works on both levels. Yeah, yep. and and even with the book of Lilith, it talks about how Lilith is the queen of the desert. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and to bring it back to our last episodes of yep. Women in Rome with Wolves, like Laloba, yep. another queen of the desert, the desert and wolves and scor- like all yes. of these are just very common images that we start getting. Like I feel like we've just opened like you open that door. It's like yeah, you. <sighs> I mean, like every time, like I've wanted to like get a different car, right? Like as soon as I know, I oh, I want this car, I start seeing it everywhere. Yes. <laughs> so now I'm just gonna start seeing scorpions and wolves and references of the desert everywhere because that's that's what I'm focusing on right now in life, and that's I think where my attention needs to be right now. And Definitely. there's a lot that I need to learn from that. I agree, and the desert holds such a, a special. I mean, I think it's such an, a special place in all of our hearts, mm-hmm. but. Um, I'm, I'm for Thanksgiving, I'm going back to New Mexico and I'm, Mm. I just, I've been telling, you know, my partner that like, this is going to be so nourishing for me. I know it is because the desert is when we hear the stories of the desert, it's Mm -hmm. like desolation and Mm -hmm. it's really about going deep within our own wilderness. Yep. And how can we create life in this place that has death Mm -hmm. everywhere? Mm -hmm. Um, and what you slowly start to realize is that the desert isn't dead. Yep. There's so many things that are alive. There's scorpions, mm-hmm. there's cactus, mm-hmm. there's snakes, there's all these creatures that, you know, aren't necessarily all fuzzy and sunshine, yeah. but they're so precious. They're just as valuable and precious. They've learned to live in that environment, which yeah. makes them that much more strong and resilient, which I think is an amazing metaphor as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So the desert is a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. I'm happy well, that you get to go back. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm so excited. I haven't been there in since I've moved out here. Mm. And it's been a couple of years. So I just know that 
it's going to be really like life giving. Mm-hmm. So yep. I'm excited, but <laughs> um, I'll report back okay. <laughs> of any new findings. Um, some places I'm going to be going and like places that I highly recommend people to check out if they mm-hmm. ever go to New Mexico is the Ark Bookstore. It's this amazing metaphysical shop mm-hmm. and they just have some books that you wouldn't find in most metaphysical that are specifically to like New Mexico mm-hmm. history and um, just different stuff. Yeah. I, you had me at bookstore. Yeah. So yes. I know. It's great. I'll, I'll see if I can, I'll, I'll try to get you something because it's I like. I know you. <laughs> send you some money. <laughs> it's like my first tarot deck was from there mm. and it like it's um i forget what it's called but it's like this art nouveau style Ooh, tarot deck nice, I'll, I'll bring it nice. i'll bring it sometime and it's really beautiful it i feel like it also is like art illustrations is in the word or, or is in the title but um it's this beautiful mm. deck and and they just have such beautiful jewelry and other decks and astrology books and Oh my gosh. Great stuff. Yeah. You're going to have a great time. It's going to be so grounding for you too. Like, it's almost like a coming home. Just like, oh Ah. yes. Like, it's like a nice little blanket that you're going to just be wrapped in. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a blanket and just like, I've been feeling so disconnected from my sort of spiritual roots. Mm -hmm. And so feeling like the magic alive, I Mm -hmm. think it's going to be really good. So before we wrap it up, we just have one more thing, which is... (laughs) Uh, the mark of Lilith. Yes, in palmistry. So, I'm not super like as knowledgeable about palmistry as some other stuff, but you know, a hundred percent more than I do. So, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I do know a little something. So, um, from what I understand, and this could be totally different depending on who you ask and who studied, but. I I was always told that you read with your right hand. Something, so I look at my right hand? Yep. Okay. You look at your right hand and um, some people say that like depending on your gender that you look at different hands. Like some say I think women are left. Maybe I have it backwards. But I was kind of always taught, taught that it either hand... Or, or, no, I was taught that the right hand is the hand that you use. Okay. So. I'm looking at my right hand. Perfect. So, we have our sort of heart line and we have our lifeline here. Okay, so heart is kind of like towards the top. Mm-hmm. Okay, and mm-hmm. then life is right down the middle. Yep, okay. yep. And then we have like our health line and all of that. And health so. is kind of like, kind mm-hmm. of curves around the thumb yep. a little bit? Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, so... In between your heart and your lifeline, yes. There, if there is an X, like in the palm center between the two lines, yeah, it's really hard to see. We don't have a whole lot of light here. I'm gonna pull out the flashlight. Oh, excellent, excellent, excellent. And I could be reading it wrong, but from <laughs> from what I understand, that. If you have an X in the center of your palm, which it looks like you do Mm because you have this and then this Mm -hmm. sort of marking, that is the mark of Lilith, which I also do. What does yours look like? Yeah. Mine's faint, but it's like right there. If you can. Oh, do you want to hold this? I'll I'll point it. It's like right here. Yeah. 
Yours is definitely like really Whoa. pronounced. I also just feel like I've always just like had a lot of lines and wrinkles on my hands. For sure. But hey, it, it could mean something. That yeah. would be that would be a different way to look at my hands. And I would probably Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably be like, no, you are beautiful. Look at all these lines. Yes. You mean so much. <laughs> and it's true that all those lines do I mean in, in palmistry they do mean something. Mm-hmm. So like all those marks that you have mm-hmm. have some sort of representation. So it's not for nothing. Wow. Um in the eyes of palmistry. But so it says that um and I am Let's see. I forget which website that I used. But, oh, I believe, yeah, I believe it was symbolscholar.com as well. Um, it was symbolscholar.com. And it says that while most people have these lines forming, it often looks like an M. Mm. But only 3% of people have the X, which is Lilith's mark. So you have the X. And I have the X, and it's oh. not in the shape of a mem. And it says people who have Lilith's mark on their palms are believed to be meant for success and have a big destiny. Ooh. It is a sign of great potential to become thinkers or leaders. Someone with this mark will be successful, intelligent, and intuitive. Hey, go us. Go us. <laughs> yeah. And not to say that, like, somebody who doesn't have this isn't going to become yeah. successful. Yeah. Like, there's so many different... Um, symbols for success Mm -hmm. but i think when we talk about the archetype of lilith Mm -hmm. it's that sort of like honoring her you know and Mm -hmm. having great success and honoring what she stood for because that's what i always kind of felt is like and i think it's a common feeling that people have is Mm -hmm. like i i mean i don't know but i feel like it's common for a lot of people to feel like they're meant for something big Mm -hmm. in the big scheme of things Mm -hmm. but i always kind of had a feeling that like what was my greatness is is um connecting people in in ways of almost kind of like a sense of like I always felt like an outcast Mm -hmm. and I always felt rejected especially with like that that religious upbringing and being into like alternative subcultures Mm -hmm. too like um and then being into magic and being into art and being into jazz like these are all things that are very specific subcultures and so you get kind of used to always feeling like an outsider yeah. of some sort. Yep. So I always felt like my big destiny was connecting people. And I just remember having this feeling when I was, I want to say 16 or 17, but I had this thought of like, I want to show the world what freedom mm-hmm. feels like. Because mm-hmm. we're all sort of bound by our own baggage or our own expectations of the world mm-hmm. and you know, the world's got a lot of things going on and I just, just wanted through art and through self-expression show, because to me, that's what freedom is, is when you can express yourself freely yep. in whatever way that is, mm-hmm. um, that I just wanted to express myself. And by me being free in my expression, it it can make other people want to be free and express themselves. You're encouraging everybody else to also do that. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going back to the safe space like that is people see that when they see you they're like oh like Mm -hmm. I'm safe here like I don't have to be worried about being rejected or denied or anything because you're like I know how that feels and I don't want people to feel the same way yeah Yeah. and not to say that I'll accept everybody because there are some weirdos (laughs) out there that I will reject you yeah well you know (laughs) like if you you are a predator again healthy boundaries (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, there's like, there's a certain like people that I think that you like share that frequency with that they kind of feel that they are, um, you know, cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. So you do it for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. <laughs> Man. Well, <laughs> I think we spoke, um, enough about Lilith for now. For now. Yeah. She could always come up again and we can like have a whole other 15 hours <laughs> talking about her. Um, but this was a lot. And I think, I hope that for you guys as the listeners that you found some inspiration from this. Uh, cause again, we all have Lilith and we all kind of have our, our, stories and our baggage and I think Lilith is a story about empowerment and how to really get in touch with with your fieriness of Lilith is is a very strong figure and we all we, we all have that strength so thank you for listening yeah thank you this. and hopefully you were able to learn as much as us as we we're kind of going through all of this and um, still hey if you are just now listening in or if you've been listening to all of our other episodes we just we we appreciate you we love you and we hope that you're enjoying this journey as much as we are so thank you thank you everyone for listening to our episode today while we talk about lilith stay tuned for next week we will continue our discussion from the book women who run with the wolves we're going to be talking about chapter two um, discussing bluebeard and the importance of the women's psyche you can find us on tiktok and instagram at the spiritual curiosity pod for both that's where you can find some updates on episodes and some behind the scenes and in the meantime stay stay curious. curious